gentlemen welcome back to the unregulated podcast this is episode number 80 here in the aea studios on thursday april 21st i am your co-host tom pile <laughs> and i'm your co-hostess mike mckenna that's the weirdest opening i've ever heard <laughs> all right uh do you want to do announcements you mean do i have anything do you have any i do i have a couple of things all um, right shoot a bunch of relatives um over the Easter on Easter Sunday threatened that they were going to listen to the podcast. So Rob and um, Eric, um, your shirts are on the way, but you better review it because that's what we're paying you top dollar for. So no, get on with it. no shirt, no, no review, no, no shirt, no that's service. It. That's it. And the other <laughs> thing is, is that um, this last week has been the week of me hanging out with guys I used to work with in the big house who also threatened to um Listen to the podcast. So Jamie and Dave, and of course the ever-present Mr. Richard C. I'm anticipating reviews from you as well. So, okay, so uh, I was away for the week. Uh, spent Easter week with my mother and stepfather. Maybe and we should just I have asked, one other announcement. Let me just stop you right wait there. Wait a minute. I asked my mother if she's been listening to the podcast, and she said nope. <laughs> so Great at thing. least she was brutally honest. Great thing about being an old person, right? Um, <laughs> there, yeah, there is one other announcement. Of course, the um, 19th was Tom's birthday. So uh, I'm expecting yes. to see a lot of notes and cards and gift cards and whatnot. I look mail. pretty darn good for my age, I have to say. Yeah, if you're like 80. Ish. 80 <laughs> ish. Okay, this day in history. Uh, what are we, April? Uh, 1918. April 21? April 21st. Well, with that opening, I'm assuming it was the day the Red Baron got that shot. That is dead. true, sir. Baron von Richthofen. <laughs> yes, indeed. German flying ace. Baron, Baron von Richthofen. After 80 kills, was finally felled by the Allied ter forces by, by, in France. By Snoopy. But we can confirm it was not <laughs> it Snoopy. It was not Snoopy. We don't know if it was the gunner. On the ground, the Australian or a British flyer who shot him, who shot the plane, and it went down. But but the, there is a rumor that it was an Australian gunner on the ground who fired the fatal blow. So, um, well, good for the Aussies. All I know is, as soon as I saw that, I just could not stop thinking about that song. So that was why the opener was the opener. Yeah. All right, 19. I, I what what? You got any more on the red? No, 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 no. I was, no, no, no. Yeah, they do, make it. They, they make. They, they make a hell of a I mean, pizza. everyone who listens to this show knows exactly what that's about, right? They they have to. Producer, do you do? Are you aware of the Snoopy and the Red Baron deal? Yes. Okay, good. It's, right, it's go pretty ahead. obvious. To go me. ahead. Okay. You're you're up next. What's the next one we got? 1989, April 21st, 1989. That was a. Uh... Promising young political operative in the Bush administration. Yeah, but that's not this day. This is okay. Not, I was going to say, mate, this the day, was the, the day I gave up hope for my career. The, um, uh, this was the beginning of the Chinese student protests at Tiananmen, at Tiananmen Square. Yeah. So 
it's kind of a dark it's kind of a dark um if you think about it it's a dark episode in american history it I mean, is three years later we we all voted we, to give those chuckleheads most, fa- most favored right. nation yes. despite the fact simply that they, for be, for their promise to release the people that they rounded up it, and put it, in cages it, for for a number of years so this was probably the beginning of the now certainly flawed theory that if we brought china yeah, man. If we if we try to, if we treated them like normal humans, they'd act like normal humans. Yeah, and they would be become part of the the you know family of nations. Let me let me explain how the world works to you. The only people who believe that stuff are children of the Enlightenment. People who actually value experience over some vague sense of pure reason. They know that human beings are pretty lousy and need to be watched carefully. And there's a difference between Reed Creek and Reedy Creek. That's an important difference too. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That should be interesting, <laughs> right? I'm actually seeing a little bit of a mini debate on that. Um, Which, whether it's the, Reed Creek or Reedy Creek? No, no, no. Amongst the conservatives, quote unquote, conservatives yeah, and Republicans. Yeah, yeah. Is, now we're getting into this business of, of. We'll come back to that if you. you, had, you had another there wasn't on my list, but we can come back oh, to it. Oh, definitely coming back to it. Okay. And then there's one more in 2016. 2016. Trump clinches the nomination, a Republican nomination. Not this day. It could have been, yeah, but it didn't, make, close, it didn't yeah. make the History Channel. Yeah. Uh, the 57-year-old Prince Rogers Nelson died from a fentanyl overdose Who's at his a, home a, in Paisley t- Park, t- Minnesota. Prince. Oh, I don't recognize that. That That's that's the government name. I don't recognize the government name for him. So, the, the artist formerly known as. Come on, man. How old was he? In 2016, he was 57. I hear he made old. a great pancake. So, uh, Have you ever heard that Dave Chappelle Prince. racket? I, I don't think I have. Oh, Dave Chappelle's got this hysterical, and what makes it hysterical is it's true, that he and his crew, after they did a comedy show that Prince attended, they went back to Prince's place and played in L.A., I think, and played pickup basketball all night, and then for breakfast, Prince made them all pancakes, I, and I Chappelle would, said it was great. It was I great pancakes. I wouldn't actually doubt that story because I heard he did like to do that kind of and stuff. And he also said, Chappelle also said that Prince was a baller. He could play. I actually saw Prince here in D.C. when I was one, a big fancy lobbyist and, yeah. and managed the the, yeah. the the box at the, the said company that I worked for. And it was a tremendous show, and he yeah. was a tremendous artist. I, I so. could see him. I mean, he, 2016. You can easily imagine maybe, that guy being a good baller, right? Because he's got a lot of coordination, right? He's, he's skilled individual. May he, he rest in peace and, and, and as a reminder of the curse of fentanyl in this country. So... All right, uh, those are my this day in histories. Uh, I'd like to start and I'd like to start and just knock it out. Yes. for the week, if you yes. don't mind. Here yes. we go. I think everyone here recognizes how extraordinary space is. Oh, Whether it is satellites that orbit the Earth, humans that land on the Moon, or telescopes that peer into the furthest reaches of the universe. Space is exciting. It spurs our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions. <laughs> All right. Do you, do you, you know that she was not talking to five-year-olds. She was talking to the Space Force. She was literally flanked behind her by the Space Force. Space Grown Force. adults. I want to thank you, by the way, for... Remembering the Space Force was invented um, by Donald Trump, and we were the ones who actually landed that legislation. Um, so for me, it's a particularly it's a particularly annoying thing that she did. That the other thing is, 
keep in mind, everybody forget. You know, I, I realize it's been running on Twitter for the last couple of days. You know what? Everyone's forgotten about it. This is with her new communications team in place. These are the guys who are supposed to save her. This is no different than anything else. Meet the new boss, maybe worse. Same as the old boss. It, it, it makes you wonder if the problem isn't the staff, gang. I, I Just don't, a thought. Because we've talked about this already. This is like at least three or four instances. You remember Ukraine is a small country. Well, in all fairness, she understood her audience in that case. Okay, but my question is, is this a – is this – Am I missing something here? Like, is this? Here's the thing I wonder about, right? So let me finish my thought. Is this, does she actually think this is a legitimate speech making technique where you just basically, you, you know. Yeah. And you and I were going to sort of the same place. So here's how these things work internally, right? And, And it's important to know. These things are not seen by like five people. These things are seen by everybody. Everybody has a whack at these things, and staff sec rotates them around and makes sure that they're all seen by everybody who could possibly say something. What that means is, is that four or five dozen people saw that thing, right? And the other thing it means is she saw it before before she actually gave the speech because it usually goes in a briefing book, which I'm assuming she must read at least the speech portion of it. Everybody looked at it. She looked at it, and everybody said, "Yeah, sure, that's fine." I'm like, "What? I, I what in the world?" Okay, so I so, have no idea. So with the boss, with the boss, you knew he was going to go off on jazz riffs. You of knew, course, you know the printed word yeah. was like, "Yeah, sort of a guide." I'll I'll, yeah. come, I'll go away from it. I'll come back to it. I'll go away from it. But even at that, there was a lot of like anxiety over like, "Well, okay, what's on the written word?" Right? What? What's the backbone it, of what's, he what did, he's going to say? He did go back to the script. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. He understood that what the president says actually means something. Jeez, oh, that what the terrifying thing is to, to finish. You know, to, to finish. Terrifying thing is, she read that thing before she read it. Thought it was okay. Her chief of staff read it before she read it. Thought it was okay. Everybody in the vice president's office thought that was okay. Yeah. It, so yeah, it's it a is, problem. It is a problem because this is the heartbeat away, right? So. You know, yesterday, Joe Biden read, two days ago, I should say, Joe Biden had a little photo op with his generals, and he couldn't speak off the cuff for like three minutes and praise the generals and say, man, I love the work you guys are doing. You guys look good in uniform. He literally had to read from a, a piece of paper, word for word. He kept looking down. It was awkward. So you've got almost the exact opposite situation happening here, right, where she's reading the speech is really well, but it's like yeah, they're totally unimportant, right? Space is great. So I can't even imagine what you think about, you know, when what you what you think about if you're in uniform listening to that dribble. I don't know. Dude. You know, this this is a career you've chosen, especially Space Force, right? You're you are entrepreneurial inside the military. You have chosen something difficult and and not a clear path. And you must listen to that and think, holy man. Just taking orders from okay, so who was the biggest loser this week? Aaron Boone. Well, that's that'll Joey Gallo. Set that aside. Set set the baseball stuff aside. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Hillary. You went on Hillary. No, okay. upset Hillary. Uh, Chris Wallace. I would guess Casey Hunt. And Casey Hunt. This is from uh, this is from Valerie Richardson at the Washington Times. My friend Valerie. CNN and by the will way, shut down struggling streaming service. <laughs> she didn't CNN really write that, Plus. did she? <laughs> struggling <laughs> streaming service. That's good. 
The cable news' highly touted streaming service will shut down on April 30 after just one month, according to the network. That attracted about 150,000 subscribers, CNN and Valerie writes. CNN sunk hundreds of millions into the streaming service and brought in big-name hosts, including former Fox anchor Chris Wallace and NBC correspondent Casey Hunt. Yeah. Uh, the uh, funny thing is, we've we've sunk millions of of seconds of thought into this thing over the last two years. <laughs> We're up to number eighty. And we got okay? like, we got like a hundred million subscribers. It, it's embarrassing. We're up to number the re- eighty. The reason why they didn't even last how a many? month. Out of how many? Eighty. This is our eightieth episode. Oh, okay. I got your point. Um, I think it's worse for Casey because Wallace. It was a retirement gig anyway. Um, she's actually in the middle of the career. Well, they're going to pop her on the network's channel, right? That's I wouldn't, I you know. They're going to throw her in there here and there. Let me ask you a question. I mean, you know, this CNN's bleeding out here. What? How long are they really going to be able to stay afloat? This, this thing's going to fail, I, I suspect, within a year. Well, I mean, there was another article from the Post, uh, that, that uh, Washington Post, the Bezos Post, where the new chief executive was basically – like, okay, so I'm really not off to a good start here, folks. They put $100 million <laughs> into this thing. Um, thank, and, thank, you, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, and he worked for that – who's that really terrible person on night? Colbert. It was his last gig was <laughs> with Colbert. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you shortened that for us. And you know who else he was with? Morning Joe. So that oh, tells you everything you need on. to know, right? Where do so they get these discovery losers is, from? Discovery is either going to fix CNN or kill or it. cut it, yeah. Kill it altogether, yeah. right? I mean, the truth of the matter is it, it there's there's space out there for a straight news operation. They should just run a straight news operation. So uh, another, another interesting uh, development in media, Netflix is taking a dump. Yeah. Its stock has plummeted. 50, uh, down 55% from over Wall Street the, Journal. this year so far. Netflix facing reality check vows to curb its profligate ways. Streaming service spent lavishly on productions to win subscribers, but growth has slowed. This was their first loss of subscribers in over a decade. Revenue grew at its slowest pace in years. Shares plunged 35% on the stock's second worst one-day decline ever, erasing $54 billion with a B in market value. Netflix chairman and uh, co-chief executive Reed Hastings said, well, it's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my theory on this, because I I was an early cut the cord guy. Yeah. Okay. You're you're an early adopter. I I I cut the cord really early, and I subscribed to a few things, and I said, you know what? I've I've got this, this, and this, and I'm still $40, $50 ahead of my cable. Right. This was, you know, so I picked up MLB, picked up Netflix, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Of course, there's this whole password sharing thing that they're going to try to clamp down on and they raised prices. Right. So they're not really doing what they need to do to, to attract their audience, basically. And oh, by the way, I just want to remind people before I finish my jag on this. Yes. In 2018, they inked a $50 million deal with the Obamas. Netflix, yeah, to what? Follow them around with a camera, yeah, to 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 do per, to do uh, documentaries and some other quote unquote stuff. Like I said, follow them around with a right? camera, exactly. 
So uh, they were sort of the, the king of the hill for a while. But here's my theory about all of this. Light on me. Two things. One, people are now oversubscribed. Yeah. Agreed. And this is yet another symbol of making choices in your budget, right? If you're oversubscribed and you're looking for ways to cut, what are you going to cut? You're going to start cutting some of your, your excessive stuff. Now, how do you choose which one to cut? Choose the one that you think sucks the most, right? Yes, yeah. I think Netflix sucks the most out of all the streaming services that I have. And if I had or was in a position where I had to cut, that's probably where I, where I would lead at this point uh, in terms of the Netflix? stuff that I've got. Yeah, you got to yeah. get it. I'm, I'm not blown away by any of them. No, you got to get Amazon Prime, side. no matter what So else anyways, happens. my point is this. I think that the, the sort of the hate, we're, we're now into a, into a mature phase for these streaming services. Did you really just say? And we're gonna phase? we're gonna start to see some some serious, uh, I think you know, changes in in that market as well. And I think people are gonna start being a little bit more particular about the stuff they sign up for. I couldn't agree with you more. I myself only. Or nor do you care. I, 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 <laughs> I knew you didn't care. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm with you. I, you know, I'm just I don't understand the business model. I don't understand the individual model. I'm like, I still have cable because I'm like it's just the easiest thing to do, and I'm like. Not particularly worried about the cash. Although, in all fairness, I got three adult children and I borrow their Netflix, Prime, and Ooh, tisk, tisk. MLB passwords whenever yeah. I need to. Well, I mean, the the point is is that um, yeah, I, it, I, it's easy. To, it was easy to cut the cord because cable was a lot more expensive. But now everyone's in on the streaming act, and you know, five bucks here, twelve bucks oh, there. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, there's oh, yeah. no more savings anymore. Yeah, right? I can't see how there would so. be, right? So, okay, um, I don't have anything else on that one. What you want? You, you got something on your mind? No, go keep going. You're you're doing fine. All right. Do we turn to <laughs> turning to turning to the, the the world of Ukraine? If you want Russia to. or energy climate, where, where would you like to go next? <laughs> it's a it's a choose your own adventure day. Yes, it is. Let's just go through your list as you got it. Let's do the Russian Ukraine. Is that what you have next? Yes, I do. Well, let's do yes, it. Yes, I do. With the Russians too. Huh. <laughs> okay, this is from Reuters. <laughs> Putin claims victory in Maripol, US to send more guns and money. So yesterday, uh Joe head- Biden that's a headline writer having some fun. Joe Biden had a um a press event, uh, a speech that he gave where he talked about all of our work in Ukraine uh, Ukraine and our efforts to try to help uh, the citizens of Ukraine free themselves from the bad guy, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir, to his, um, to counter, claimed victory in the biggest battle of the war in Ukraine on Thursday, declaring the port city of Maripol liberated after nearly two months of siege. And also uh, out of his out of his benevolence, ordered uh, his troops not to storm the steel plant. And what's the point? That has been sieged. What's the point? Seized. They're so. going to starve to death. Why? 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 Why shoot them? So uh, we are fifty-seven days into this thing. Yeah. At this point, and now we're coming in on. We're going to be close to two billion. 
Dollars? United States? Yeah, I figured. And lawyers, guns, and money? Uh, yeah. And more importantly, the Europeans have still not given up on Russian natural gas. No, they haven't. For those of you keeping score. Nor has Gerhard Schroeder um, been sanctioned by anybody in the West, despite the fact that he's essentially a traitor to both his country and the larger Western cause here. I don't know how to say that nicely, so I just did. Gerhard, call me up. Sue me. Come get me. We'll put so, you on the podcast. So President Biden uh, made some strong statements yesterday. Uh, before uh, I read them, um, I want to play a clip from Anthony Blinken. Yeah. It's called The Reset because um, at the start of the Obama administration, we had the impression that the relationship between the United States and Russia uh, was at a low point and could and should be better. That despite our profound differences, there were so many areas where it made sense to try to cooperate and it was worth giving that a shot. And actually, Vice President Biden was the one who first advanced the reset. The very first foreign policy speech of the Obama administration was at the Munich Security Conference in February of 2009. And that was Biden. And that had the reset in it. Thank you. <laughs> this was in 2017 in a uh, documentary on Frontline. The reason I brought this up is because I'm reminded of what Robert Gates said about Joe Biden. What did he say? He's been wrong. Oh, uh, wrong all the time. On yeah, every yeah, 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 single yeah, yeah, foreign yeah, policy. Yeah, yeah. So this is why this yesterday's speech scared me as I was listening. Oh, boy. I kind of cringed a little. A little? I, this was a quote. Our unity at home, our unity with our allies and partners, and our unity with the Ukrainian people is sending an unmistakable message to Putin. He will never succeed in dominating and occupying all of Ukraine. He will not. Mm. That will not happen. Mm. Now I'm, yeah. Now so I'm so. nervous as hell. It's like when, it's like it's, like, <laughs> it's when, like opposite day. It's like when Kramer recommends a stock, you're like, okay, short yeah. that one immediately. Hmm. Yeah. So that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. You know the the the. The good news is we're going to keep going until somebody sanctions these Europeans for using Russian natural gas. Or maybe we're not. Maybe the Ukrainians are going to blow up the pipeline at some point. Maybe they're not. I tell you what. I don't know. The death count keeps rising, man. The, the more this goes on, the, the more civilian you- Civilian death count. Yeah, that, I get so. it. But, you know, if the Ukrainians are serious, they, why don't they, they blow up these pipes? Why don't, they, why, don't they, why don't they force the issue in the West? And look at the Germans and say, hey, we're going to drag you into this thing whether you want to be dragged into it or not. It, it, you know, these whole, this whole two months, you know what it's really imprinted on me? Washington was right. Avoid these guys. This is, a, this is a continent that can't help itself. They just are a nest of, of murderers and thieves and not nice people who literally across their 2,000-year their history – uh, it just just can't ever get we, it together. We, we have we have they're hopeless. To, we have come to their rescue. We're coming to their rescue again. We're our our, the only, in, our exports to Europe are as high as they have ever been. America is. But the only piece they've known, you think about it, the only piece they've known have been the last eighty years, and that's basically been at the, but the muzzle of American it was and Russian under guns. Our thumb, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. crazy. It's crazy. So all right. I, uh, I apologize to all my Europeans, my all of my European friends, and all my European. Files out there, Europhiles out there. But seriously, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. You got you got the Germans funding both sides of this fight and no one is saying a word about it. Sorry. 
here endeth the speech. Sin lawyers, guns and money. <laughs> a great song. I love that song. <laughs> All right. Um I actually met him. He was he was he was um dating a jock a disc jockey in Philadelphia, WISP in Philly. And he would come up and play um Penn when we were there. Nice. It was like on Sunday nights, you just you know, sit in. You got some interesting rock star legend stories. One of these days we're gonna have to play the uh you're gonna have to replay the, the some Matthews. of the Dave Matthews stuff for the for the. Fans. Would you say, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do a, a a lightning round of of serious heavy hitters in the Obama administration. Oh, no. There I'm we just go. Like, God, I keep saying that. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep saying the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Is it because it. every single person in this administration? It's because you're was having, in that administration. You're having trouble thinking of. President Biden is President Biden. Yeah, that could be that. Okay. So John Kerry, special climate oh, czar, K. special K, was uh, speaking with Judy Woodruff yeah. at a um, climate confab, the Center for Global Environment, uh, more recently. And he had a few choice words to say about the the, the, the issues that are of, of, of import to Mr. Kerry. Here's one of them. Climate advisor Gina McCarthy, uh, that the new U.S. commitment on fossil fuels needed to be at least 50% reduction by 2030 for the U.S. to be a credible negotiator. Is that a goal that's still realistic? Well, Gina McCarthy didn't need me to suggest a, a level. She's, she's very savvy and knows uh, exactly what we needed to do. And she did an incredible job with her team in pulling. Uh, all the efforts of the United States together to come up with a realistic target. We did not want to put something phony out there. (laughs) We wanted to know this was something we could, in fact, reach. And so Gina and her team and the rest of us who were involved in the process uh, all agreed that a 50 to 52 percent reduction was was something we could achieve. It's realistic. Uh, It's more than a lot of other countries. Canada is not at that level. Uh, Japan, others. But others are doing what they can. You laugh, sir. This is serious business. If I were Harvard, I'd ask for my degree back. He's seriously, I mean, he's either, look, there's only two possible answers here. Either he's dumb enough to believe that, in which case he shouldn't be in office, or he's cynical enough not to believe it, but says it out loud anyway, in which case he should not be in office. Or could care less about the outcome because it would never affect him in his lifetime or anybody else that he's going to will his wife's estate to. So is that the only cut you have from that interview? Oh no, I got go a ahead, couple go. more cuts. Go, go, go. I'd like to rifle yeah, yeah, through yeah, them yeah. if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, Cause yeah, yeah. he's just the gift that keeps yep. on giving. Yep. As long as many of these private investors see great returns coming from the fossil fuel sector, it's going to be hard to, to pull them away from that and toward Toward, uh, the new, uh, if, if unabated fossil fuel is allowed to grow in these next years in a significant way as it appears poised to do, that is a deep, unbelievably costly challenge for the world. <laughs> Says the guy who's already rich. Here's another. Here's another. It sounds like you're saying that's harder now than it appeared even a few months ago. Well, it is harder now. It's harder now because uh, uh, some of the differences of opinion uh, between our countries have been hardened and sharpened, uh, and that makes the diplomacy more complicated. 
Uh, I am in touch with my counterpart, uh, Shia Jemois. He's working in good faith, I think, to try to accelerate the process. We need to get things going. Differences of opinion on human rights abuses have complicated special case climate talks. You know, he has a good relationship with that guy. Yeah. I mean, once you get over the buying and selling of human beings, I guess everything is pretty much downhill from there. Well, it's just a difference of opinion. It's not. You know, I want to remind everybody, because I know we forget this, because sometimes we we like to have fun at the expense of um, addled, um, inadequate um, special envoy Kerry. But the bottom line is, he was once a nominee for president for a major party in this country. He was. I mean, that guy could have been president at some point. Yikes. Maybe the system does need to be reworked. Okay, we have um, one more clip for uh, for this lightning round of carry clips. Yeah. No, no, no government in the world has enough money to be able to effect the transition we need to effect, to move us more, much more rapidly into uh, sustainable energy postures within our nations. Europe is probably the lead on, on the planet in terms of the efforts it's making in that. Does he not see what's going on in Europe right now? Tony. Do we have to rehash this? This guy is a a government official, folks. No, he's not. He's Um, a special envoy. Europe is the lead. Europe is in a mess. This is why. A total quagmire, and it has almost exclusively everything to do with what John Kerry just said Europe is leading on. There, they're leading. They're leading us away from the energy transition. Yeah, that's that not what is he meant. true, and that's good. That's good. I like that. That's not what he meant, but that's the truth. That's good. You know, everybody's everybody's looking at that and thinking, "All right, I know what I, I know. I may not know what I want, but I know what I don't want, and it's that." And you, know, everybody's like, "Oh, people are going to go to war over scarce resources because as climate change gets worse, people went to war here over the failure of wind power." Is what they went to war right. over. In essence, yes. Now, one more from John Kerry today. Oh, no. This isn't, I don't have a clip for this, but this was uh, from Jen Delohi at um, Bloomberg. U.S. Uh, Special Envoy John <laughs> Kerry on Thursday put natural gas on notice, saying the world's reliance on fossil fuel should be limited to potentially a decade unless its greenhouse gases are fully captured. Literally, you got six years, eight years, no more than 10 years or so with which you've got to come up with a means by which you're going to capture. And if you're not capturing, then we have to deploy alternative sources of energy. Great. So I'm going to I'm going to say about I thought we were like nine years into the end of the we're 30 years, another six, eight, 10 years, we're 30 years into our 10 year window, whatever. <laughs> it, it, like, these guys I wasn't awesome. going to say that. What I was going to say is good. Let's vote. I just tweeted that Let's today. Vote. I know the carbon tax thing, but I'm yeah, talking. We'll I'm talking. That I'm talking about the ice, the ice bans, yeah. on all this stuff. We Let's should just start it. voting on this the stuff. Export ban. Just everything. stick it to them. You know, you know, make make. You know what would be all really these guys nice. walk the plank. What would be really nice is is if that if the Republicans took control of the House and possibly the Senate, that they actually put some of these bills on the floor. Don't be ridiculous. We're Republicans. We don't do that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, one, uh, there's two more clips here on this, on this energy jag, just because I want to remind folks that the president said he's going to work like hell, work like the devil to lower your gas prices. <laughs> I guess he didn't give Gina McCarthy the memo. 
President Biden remains absolutely committed to not moving forward with, with additional drilling on public lands. The challenge that we faced was that we had a court that ordered that um, a new lease to be done. The Department of Energy had no choice but to put it out. But they also find, found ways to reduce the size of that and its impact. And we'll keep doing what we need to do to appeal those decisions and to make our case in a court. Do these folks realize when they speak on MSNBC that they're not limited to the live, the time frame by which they're actually speaking? Yeah. This was a, a hit on MSNBC. The day, you, the day before he opened up the lease? You know, the sock, circle back, which I don't really want to run her stuff anymore because she just really annoys me. But she basically said we had no choice but to offer yeah. these leases. They increased royalty rates to the point where it's probably not even worth any of these folks going after any of these our, leases. Our very good friend. And as Gina pointed out, as our good friend, who, by the way, is are you were you right or wrong? Because they adamantly adamantly denied I'm that right. they're going I'm right that she's going anywhere me me Reuters the Washington Post we're all right <laughs> we're all so, right who anyway. are you, who are you going to trust me Reuters and the Washington Post none of whom have ever lied to you or the Biden administration oh well, those I are your choices working like a, like the Dickens to lower gas prices Jim Lucier our good friend Jim Lucier um has written a paper. I have it right here. I was going to bring it up. Thank you very <laughs> much. Go ahead we, great it. minds think alike. <laughs> go ahead, fire it out. Has written a paper that said, "No, no, you can, you, you can have it. No, 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 it's fine." Committed to memory, because we read your stuff adamantly, Mister Lucier. Um, I'll just give you the headline. That's all you need. The Biden administration's lease sale announcement could lead to less drilling, not more. Right? Planned lease sales will not result in new production for at least two years or longer. We're going to trail, trigger further litigation that could put all new federal lease sales on hold. And we're not exactly clear on what was actually announced. So it, it, it you know, if Jim wanted to make trouble, he should give this to the press and let them run it. It, it is a, it is of course what's actually true that this thing is not actually going to do anything and has no effect. And that's exactly what the administration wanted. They wanted to have a headline that didn't, didn't impair them with their environmental friends. Jim runs a shop called Capital Alpha Partners. If you're not privy to his information, you should dig around and get you should yourself. Figure, you should figure out a way to get, get it because it's getting up Between him and Lou at Eprink, outside of the Institute for Energy Research, those are your go-tos for energy, I agree. For energy information. I agree. If only there was a person in common. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen. What do you got? There's <laughs> Something from the Washington Times. Yay! Rather timely, in fact, a commentary from Michael McKenna. Who is that guy? Which ran today. Posted this morning. <laughs> the business roundtable wants to raise your taxes. True story. Doesn't care about energy prices, only being politically correct on climate change. That is a true story as well, Brosif. Last Tuesday, in perhaps the most remarkable instance of political tone deafness ever, <laughs> the BRT, which describes itself as a blah, 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 decided that promoting a thriving economy, including being in favor of a fat new energy tax on consumers... Yeah, so the BRT issued this stuff on Tuesday, 
where they said, yeah, we got a bunch of different things we want you to do, and it's pretty much pablum, right? The usual stuff. Streamline permitting, increase federal production. But right in the middle of it, it's like, stick a carbon price on stuff for us, would you, boys? <laughs> and the great thing is, the great thing is the greatest thing about it. There are two great things about it. First off, Tuesday. Uh. These guys. We're in the middle of the highest energy price surge in like the last 30 years, and these guys decide, you know what we need? We need to raise we need to raise energy prices. The other thing that's great about it is one of the other things they wanted to talk about um was hey, we need to we need to make sure we keep shifting um, shipping tax money off to to the cronies in the business round table, right? No accident, Mary Bear, who runs GM, right, runs course. a business round table this year. So if you think about it, here's how this arrangement goes in their heads. We're going to tax you normal schlubs, and we're going to take all that money and give it to GM and yeah. Apple and those guys. Because then they can go ahead and make all the crap that the government wants them to make <laughs> so and ridiculous. pay and charge you more for the cars you actually want to buy. <laughs> it's insane what's going on with the, the chamber, the U.S. chamber, the business roundtable, and another organization, which we'll get to in a moment, in two are seconds. the Holy Grail of 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 everything that is wrong with the swamp yeah. these days, I, I, and there are a few politicians who took note. I was going to say, I wanted. To, yeah. I, that's what I wanted to say. That the um, the three Republican politicians took note. Well, Steve Scalise, Mr. Scalise, uh, Mr. Mullen, and um, um, Mr. Duncan, of Mr. South Jeff Carolina. Duncan, right? So those Mark guys, Wayne Mullen in, of Oklahoma, who's guys, running for Senate. Senate, right? Those those three guys run the Heat, run the Heat team, mm -hmm. right? Um, they they gave as good a statement as I have ever <clears throat> May heard. I? Yeah, at a time when skyrocketing inflation this is a quote, is hammering by the way. American families, it is shocking and tone deaf that the Business Roundtable's latest energy policy proposal calls for a new energy tax that would increase energy costs even higher, while also pushing for crony tax credits that will only benefit okay. special interests in Washington insiders. We strongly oppose. Their approach would do nothing to lower gas prices or tame inflation. If they really wanted to promote a forward-thinking energy strategy, they would stand up for members, for their members and American workers by advocating for more production to lower costs and paraphrasing. By pushing radical policy positions like the national energy tax, the business roundtable will quickly find itself alongside other fading organizations who have lost their way. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a non oblique reference to the Chamber of Commerce, right? Um, real quick before we go to um, API, right? I want to I want to give a special. You know, staffers don't like this, but I don't care. They deserve um they deserve some shout out here because this that that statement was excellent in Scalise's office, Jeff Weand and Francis Brook, um, and in Jeff Duncan's office, at least Krikorian, right? Those those folks did. A spectacular job on that statement. The um, column wrote itself this morning. It, it literally did. It was quick. It didn't, you didn't. I mean, it, you it, didn't even have to work at it. Right. They it, wrote it, it, it. It's something we've been cooking for a long time. Okay. So, so, and what? What is? By the way, what, what I was told. What, I was told by my friends at the Washington Times. So I want to get this out. Um, Y'all supposed to follow me on Twitter at Mike McKenna three. Okay, and I'm at Tom J Pyle. It's yeah. much easier. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> at T O M J P Y L E. Yeah. So everybody follow okay. me. So everybody follow me. So don't get yelled okay, at. Okay. So so we're gonna get to this other one, and, yeah. and the, the other one ties into this one. They're still pushing this garbage. The the Biden administration, with the exception of the tracking that you're worried about, Republican 
co- mm-hmm. Democrat, yeah. everything else. I mean, one of Obama's guys on on MSNBC, Ratner, Steve yeah, Steve Ratner, Ratner, he said, "quote These guys are upside down on nearly every True. policy position." Period. True. True. They are. These guys are they are they that are they that cynical that they just assume that since the Republicans won't do it anyway, they might as well curry favor. Yeah. With these lefties, yeah, they they um, is that where this is? Is that where this they, is headed? They, this is like a hedge for them. They think the Republicans are idiots. Uh, it, there's 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 um, I mean, a former quote unquote Republican hack, Flack, sorry, is defending this position. Mike Steele, yeah. Now I'm going to call him out. So Mike used to work for John Boehner, and and I I respected him for a number of years. In this in this thing, he explained how come increasing taxes is going to make the economy stronger and us better able to compete with China. What, hey, what has happened you, to this? You know what? Par- these, that is embarrassing. These, these I mean, it's not Neil Republicans. It's not Neil Bradley level embarrassing, but it's embarrassing. Let me tell you something, and then I want to read something from the okay, column. Right. Be, by the way, I might pull this sound effect out here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. The the Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> trying to tone you down, calm you down a little. You know, I, I've I've written this in, in columns and I've written it in my monthly notes and I think I've talked about it here, right? The um legacy Republicans are not gonna be able to hold on indefinitely. Right. And guys like the BRT and the Chamber and API are counting on the legacy Republicans to be there. And what they're going to find out is that the next time the Republicans actually control the government, it's not going to be guys like John Boehner and Paul Ryan. It's not even going to be guys like Kevin McCarthy. It's going, it's going be, to be guys like Trump and it's DeSantis. Going to, but it's also going to be like this. Uh, I know you. She's not your favorite, but this is at, right out of Atlas Shrugged with all these trade associations. Like they've yeah. completely forgotten. About folks, they're yeah. just they're they're a complete non-entity to these organizations, and and that's and that's where where I, these things are headed. Yeah. We're gonna have to see with that churn. We have to see new new groups emerge that that supplant these organizations True. and work to help promote free markets and a free market and a conservative policy and, agenda. And, and that's important, right? Let me, let me just read you this sentence because because I, I I um. Because I, I think it's important, right? Uh, I think it kind of. Um, I, I'm going to read you two two sentences, right? Re- uh, this is another moment in the long divorce between Republicans and the business community. Right? Republicans are now finally more anti- more oriented towards American consumers and workers than they are towards multinational businesses that populate trade associations like the BRT. Right? It's no accident the misnamed American Petroleum Institute and also the misnamed United States Chamber of Commerce have also come out in favor of crushing new energy taxes. I had a thought. The tone deaf BRT and their fellow travelers in places like API and the Chamber of Compromise or Commerce. They left compromise in there. My editors are getting sloppy. Blithely assume the Republicans will always be the pro-business party rather than the pro-consumer, pro-worker, pro-market party that they have become. And that's the real difference here. We are not a pro-business party. We are a pro-consumer, pro-market, pro-worker I party. think that there was a time when those interests were aligned not anymore, buddy. But they are not anymore. The the these big establishment uh, trades, they're in it for the corporatism, they're in it for statism. This has become uh, this has become overly, uh, yeah. um, uh, it's it's over the top. So, yeah. and yeah. and I'll, I'll wrap this up real quick because I don't think this story is quite ripe. I think it's going to ripen. Uh, there was a, a Tim Puko on the Wall Street Journal 
Um, about about 15 minutes before my thing posted on the day of the Times. And, and this afternoon at 112, oil trade group was a draft carbon tax proposal that could raise prices at the pump. The organization that represents the American, the quote-unquote American Petroleum Institute's climate committee, according to a document reviewed by the Wall Street Journal, uh, has adopted a carbon tax. And um, let's see. Some API members want to delay action on the proposal amid near-record prices at the pump, contending it could only alienate voters, but but also Republican lawmakers friendly to the oil industry ahead of the midterm. So, so in essence, there is a proposal that's working its way through API, the, the organization that claims to represent the American oil and gas industry, yeah. that would call for a, a tax on their industry. But they now want to wait and try to bottle it up until after the midterms. There's some cynicism there, right? They know the Republicans aren't going to do it, so they'll come out in favor of it, and that'll be that. They're they're that is a deeply dysfunctional organization. Um, the fact that you had a the fact that you had that kind of leak out of a what should be an internal process tells you it's a deeply dysfunctional organization. And the reporter who wrote it, he and I chatted earlier today, and he he, he said he said. I'm not going to – I didn't have any trouble at all writing this story. Everybody wanted to talk to me. I'm like, what in the name of God is going on over there? Yeah. Well, uh, the, to be continued on that because I have a feeling that's going yeah. to heat up a oh, little bit yeah. now that the, the, sort of the world has yep. – the veil has been lifted on it. Okay. Um, I'm done. You got anything? I just got one thing. This has been something that's circling around lobbying land for a while, so I want to get it out. Reconciliation is dead. Okay, I know everybody keeps thinking, hey, we're going to have reconciliation. To have anything in reconciliation other than a drug pricing fix, you're going to need to get three to $500 billion in new tax increases passed because reconciliation has to offset. Um, there is zero chance that anybody's going to vote for a $500 billion tax increase in May or later of an election year. I can't think of the last time something like that happened that was this side of a lame duck. So it's not going to happen this time. I don't understand why everyone keeps talking about it like it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. What is going to happen is we will have tax extenders. That's going to happen for wind and solar and stuff like that. But that'll be like plain old oatmeal, everyday tax extenders. Yeah, they still suck. They're terrible but... and they're bad ideas. But I just wanted to point that out because, like I said, it's a it's an issue now. Okay, that's it for me. Ding dong, reconciliation's dead. Sorry. So, sorry, everybody out there who's going to make money on it. I apologize. Okay, uh, so I don't have anything else other than have a great week and great weekend. I'm off to Florida tomorrow, testing the waters a little bit for a, for a potential <laughs> for run. For a potential run. <laughs> for a potential run. <laughs> but I want to close out with this doozy. Not a doozy, just a little tribute. We miss you, Prince. How can you say something bad about a guy who can make good pancakes? Only one to Prince and the Red Baron. <laughs> Prince of the Revolution. Prince the of the Red Baron. Day. <laughs> All right, we are out of here. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Namaste. Number 80 in the books.